Kia ora. I'm Anne O'Brien, Director of the Auckland Writers' Festival, Waituhi or Tamaki, and you're listening to a session podcast from our 2019 event. Former Samoan Head of State and Samoan Prime Minister, His Highness Tui Atua Tupua Tamasisi Taisi Ifi, is a statesman and philosopher, and is widely acknowledged in the Pacific as a leading cultural custodian. In several books, including In Search of Fragrance, he's explored and advocated for Samoan indigenous knowledge. He discusses his life and vital scholarship with Oscar Kitely. We hope you enjoy this. Mr. Ipu Langaia, uh, one of our proud young sons of Samoa who was carving for himself a career in the world of opera. Um, so just to say how our session went, we'll go, uh, we'll have a discussion about 30, 40 minutes. If there's time, we will take a couple of questions and then we will be finishing with another song with a, from a choir from the village of Arsau. Uh, and the significance of the opening prayer and also the song at the end we'll, we'll cover as part, of our, as part of our discussion. Um, so we began with a prayer because that's how Samoans begin everything. And of course, our guest... He is the former head of state of Samoa from 2007-2017. He was the Prime Minister of Samoa from 1976 to 1982. He's a statesman and philosopher, widely acknowledged in the Pacific as a leading cultural custodian, uh, and several books, including Su'i Su'i Manongi, um, The Search for Fragrance, and also Whispers and Vanities are just two of the treasures that he has contributed as part of his scholarship on indigenous Pacifica reference. Um, and as I said, we began that song with a prayer because that's how Samoans start everything. But I'd like to begin by asking Your Highness, um, and just by way of explanation of this man, I, I'm a Samoan and we're not normally reverent people, but there are a few figures in the world that we do hold a lot. We, we hold in very high regard and with very high esteem. Uh, and this man is certainly one of them. He's an absolute treasure and uh, his presence here as part of the festival is, is pretty amazing for our Samoan community in Auckland. Um, and also for anyone who's read his books and who is interested in his amazing work. So if I could begin, Your Highness, by asking you the significance of that song and why we start things with a prayer. Well, for... As Samoans, you know, there's a, a spiritual reason and there is also a cultural. Uh, that is one of the first hymns uh, of the Christian tradition and the LMS uh, uh, accorded this uh, the honor, uh, particularly in uh, Bringing the Samoan language into uh, into Samoan, and as well in developing uh, a song or hymn culture, which is uh, still revered. Uh, in that song, there is um, 
as we say in our, in our beliefs, our theological beliefs, there are four harmonies that are known as the heavenly harmony, the harmony with, with God, the harmony with uh, the cosmos and the surroundings, the harmony with fellow man, and the harmony with yourself. And uh, the song here is uh, the reference, is a very specific reference to the relationship between God and man. Uh, let the words you hardly hear that language today, Mandir Lava Puli. But it has lots of significance that uh, you are hailing here God's love, God's justice, uh, and God's compassion. Uh, and those are the hallmarks of leadership. Leadership is not about status. Leadership is about service and sacrifice. And that is, you know, often enough, uh, uh, I'm Catholic, but uh, the bulk of my family are LMS. And during my holidays, you know, I would uh, spend my holidays with the Fa'olo family who are uh, LMS. So you are reared in this double tradition. And uh, because uh, the most of our people are LMS, uh, and uh, the fact that, you know, the LMS were responsible for translating the Bible and bringing in this beautiful hymn culture, it's, uh, it's become very definitive in, in our references and in also in our thinking. Uh, before my wife intervenes and says, you know, I'm talking too long, I'd better stop here. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing that I wanted to say, Oscar, is that this book is not mine uh, exclusively. There's a uh, contribution by a lot of people there. And if it does have value and if it does survive, it's not, it's not me alone. It's uh, a beautiful conversation with uh, people from outside and also from our people at home, including young people. So, uh, in so far as, you know, the, the wisdom or whatever is founded on conversation and consensus, this is a significant part of this work. It is not mine alone, it is a shared effort and I want to acknowledge that. You, you in terms of leadership, you've already served Samoa and the Samoan people around the world so well as a statesman, as a, as the head of state and also as the prime minister. And also briefly, you were the chair of the Manu Samoa Rugby Union when we were winning, <laughs> which, I put, which yeah. I put down to you uh, and your presence. Um, but this has been a big part of your life's work and I guess I want to start by asking you, where did this mission come from? Who introduced you to this knowledge that you are trying to inject into the global conversation? How did your story start? Well, let me start with a story with my friend uh, Fatialofa, uh, Fats Fal. 
uh, because it, it gives me my bearings. Uh, you know when you used to have a six o'clock uh, closing? And uh, of course, yes, yeah, and then you went around to look for slide grog. And of course, what yellow for this, the elder Norfat, so he, he was, he looked after us because we were school kids. And uh, of course, uh, the thing is that how do you get slide grog? And Titina had a, a slide grog business. He used to own uh, billiard tables, it looked quite well off. And he had a Maori wife. So we went in, and somebody went out and negotiated. And, um, you know, it took a bit of a while, and then there was a bit of haggling as the, the lady, the wife, Sitinga's wife, and these guys were coming in. And uh, so the voices started raising, and uh, the man, <laughs> but he was saying, shh, 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 there's a big man, big chief in the car. <laughs> and the lady said, if he would excuse you, I don't give an F about the big chief, I want my money. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's uh, a sick question, but it, it's, I, I tell that story because it grounds me. Uh, quite often uh, we get uh, preoccupied with ourselves and uh, uh, we have to recognize that in the end of the day, it's about money. <laughs> okay, Your Highness. <laughs> That question was supposed to lead you into a beautiful answer about your grandfather's knowledge. <laughs> For sure, tell us a story about Fats's dad. <laughs> uh, but your, your grandfather was a, a big influence. What was it that he did that um, was so important? For you. Well, I remember a few things about my grandfather, but I, I remember his loony story and he said, you know, somebody said, you know, I am, this is Looney House, I am Napoleon. And somebody said, you know, who said? And this fellow says, you know, God did. And the voice at the back says, I never did. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I remember my grandfather. <laughs> he was obviously a very funny man, but... <laughs> what was it? He... He also, let me look at my notes that you told me to say. <laughs> this changes the script. Uh, he did something very important. He ensured that you were exposed to the best custodians in Samoa of indigenous cultural knowledge, experts that were recognized around the country. Um, and your father did the same thing as well. Um, what did that lead you to do? Oh, well, it's... Uh, it, it exposed me to what I would refer to as the last of the Romans. Um, they had great knowledge, um, and it was a joy to share with them about the culture, about the references, and about uh, the uh, the um, the sacred knowledge, the tapu knowledge, and. Uh, a lot of this book is an exposure of tapu knowledge and uh, that is because I felt that if we were going to take a Samoan reference, 
into the global conversation, we have to break taboo. And uh, of course, I mean, I've had people like go for years saying, you know, to so the thing is, he was saying, uh, these things are tapu, and it's not meant to be uh, uh, disclosed outside the magic circle. And if you do that, he knew that that was what I was heading for. Uh, if you do that, uh, you'll have a curse on yourself and your family. So uh, I'm treading rather uh, warily at this stage of my life. You know, I'm 81 and I'm getting on to 82. I'm very conscious of my vulnerabilities and uh, the things that are happening. So I sometimes uh, do uh, reflect on, oh my God, you know, I, I really see things. And uh, I may be facing a fate that is uh, quite bad. But I, I do not apologize to the gods or to my forebears about it. I believe that uh, if our reference is going to survive, it is because it has entered the global conversation and found it standing there. And uh, of course, it. I can't do it on my own or myself and my family. It has to be an effort, a, uh, a national effort, where the, the brightest and the best of our minds are focused on this challenge that we are faced with. I mean, you look at how the Maoris have taken their reference to global conversation. You look at the jurisprudence yeah, on the influence of that scholarship. And the message that says, if you want the most beautiful things in your life, your language, your culture, to live and survive and speak to the, in the next thousands of years to your people, that is, that is something that is unavoidable. You must take up the challenge. You told me at the hotel uh, when we were discussing this, uh, that we believe in this principle of tapu because we believe that life is about a balance of harmony between our sacred worlds and our temporal or physical worlds. This is knowledge that young, us young ones don't really have or, or, or we, we had to learn it through your books because as you say, this is tapu. Um, but you do it quite unapologetically even though you have been warned about consequences. Yes, but there are certain things that did happen to uh, uh, that happened that helped me. I think in in addressing this issue. I mean, it it was a hurdle, and for even now, a lot of people find it hard. The, the people who are keepers of the tapung But uh, you were speaking about the harmonies, the heavenly harmonies, the rangi madi. I uh, I broke tapu on that when I was picked to be one of the uh, uh, one of the members of the Pontifical uh, Commission on Interreligious Dialogue. This is, I'm Catholic, so I got into this. This is in 2005. Yes, it was one of the most educational periods of my life because, you know, I became exposed to some of the top intellectuals, Catholic intellectuals, on a whole number of issues. 
and uh, uh, Lair Brief was to examine the indigenous reference, the religion, the culture, and to find out, you know, what can be done to find an accommodation between Catholic theology and uh, the knowledge of the forebears. And it was uh, quite a learning. But lay too, uh, the people I was from Africa, from uh, uh, Asia, and all the other places, Latin America, they, they were struggling with the, the, the tapus, uh, as I, was do, I did. But their insights and their brilliance helped me to get over my hang-up and the fears that I had. You know, that were part of my upbringing. And uh, the fact that, you know, I had uh, attracted a lot of our people into the conversation, either on their own or in combination with me, uh, has been a, a very interesting journey. And uh, I intend to continue to do that, I'm hoping. But I, I, I tell the young people, because uh, if... Uh, the one thing that is important is that uh, I do not want you to spare me uh, about my writing. You're quite, well, quite welcome to tell me I'm talking bullshit, but you have to tell me why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wonder... <laughs> is that why Manu Samoa started losing? Because you were... <laughs> Because you're breaking top with oh. um, You did a paper after that conference, uh, which was about, uh, what was it? The Harmony. In Search, in Search of Harmony, which mm. is part of the Vatican record now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was also uh, breaking Tapu uh, in order to do that. But the harmonies, we have four harmonies. The harmony between God and man, between man and the cosmos, the environment, uh, between man and man, and between man and uh, uh, man and man. And, uh, what? Man and self. Man and self, yes. Um, but uh, in order to write that, I had to draw on a reference of my four best and particularly the ones which is supposed to be top. Mm -hmm. And just to wind back even further, um, because that coincided with a very uh, busy period of your writing, that was, I think, around uh, Whispers and Vanities, or Suwe Suwe Manongi came first. Yeah. No, no, Suwe Suwe Manongi came after. Right. Uh, and uh, uh, I... It started off with because I was invited by the Parliament World of Religions to write a paper, and uh, I couldn't make it, but I sent over my text, and uh, so it's in their records. And uh, then what happened was I passed it around my friends, and so. Uh, but uh, people like Al has always uh, encouraged me or to to get it out and get these fellows to comment on it. This is Albert Witt? Uh, when you Mawala, say Mawala, 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 oh. yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
uh, he he was a great influence in my life because uh, uh, when he was in, we were in school, he was always the bright intellect. Uh, he used to collect all these uh, eminent literacy and it was uh, great education meet, meeting with him and sharing uh, the, the language and the poetry. And aside from that, I mean, they not only wrote beautifully, uh, most of them were beautiful people. And uh, so that you learn not only through the poetry, right, but you learned also by, by sharing with somebody who is uh, an extraordinary human being. So, so in Manongi, the search for fragrance, um, just in terms of delving into exactly what this indigenous Samoan ref mm. reference is, could you talk about Suiso Imanongi and the importance of that? Could you, could you talk about the search for fragrance? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Suiso Imanongi is that in the, uh, in the chant and the beginning of things, uh, Pope uh, uh, Benedict wrote about the beginning of things. And uh, his colleague at Jupiter, uh, Hans Kung, wrote about the beginning of things. And, uh, you know, Manongi features very much in the beginning of things in our theology. And uh, <coughs> it's about the importance of fragrance. The first one is about darkness and uh, the void, which is reminiscent of the biblical reference. But the second reference is Dulongananam, uh, which is uh, salutations to the sense of smell. Uh, so fragrance is celebrated uh, not only because it's beautiful, but because of the scent, but also because in our, uh, our beginning of things, the first life were germs and uh, maggots. And they, they did not have ears or eye, but they had a nose and a mouth. And the nose was quite critical because it took life to food. And that's how life began uh, in our version. Uh, which, which fits very well with science, doesn't it? Well, so I'm told. You know, I, I've read a few things, and it's very supportive. Uh, and uh, it's not supported by the Adam and Eve version, but it's supported. <laughs> the thing is that I find I, I still have contacts with uh, my friends in the Vatican, my friends around the world. I met some beautiful people, and uh, not only very, very bright, but they were helpful. If I were to write something, uh, I'd write to them, look, this time I'm going to speak on this, can you? give me some help, but not only did they give a summary, they would also give the references. And most importantly, they'd give the page and the paragraph. <laughs> and for those, for, for people who are academics and you're forever reading, it's nothing to trace these things. But for somebody who uh, lives out in the bush, it's quite a, a, quite a feat to locate these things. So when people write, you know, these are the issues, and they write and tell you the page and the paragraph, it's a big help. <laughs> you actually started your scholarly writing some time ago, and you told me that it was after a conversation with, with your wife in the mid-70s. Can you 
Can you tell us that? Yeah, well, my first, my first uh, launch into writing books was uh, a book, the uh, It means, um, you know, in our custom of uh, when you are blessing the successor or somebody who's about to take a title, one of the rituals is where they open their mouths and you breathe into it and you say, may the God of rhetoric endow you with the gift of language. Uh, so, uh, and the reason why I chose that title and wrote that book was because Fidia's uh, 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 colleagues at the university, or at schools were saying there's, there's no point in, in teaching someone. We have no future and it's, we have to relegate it to the margins. Let's go English or let's go, you know, one of these. And uh, I was so uh, disappointed by that. And I said, well, there's hardly any point in just being saying disappointed. If you're really disappointed, then you write a book. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I wrote a book and uh, uh, I think up to now, my wife gets a, a nice income from it still. So it's, uh, it's obvious evidence that it's read. Uh, and I'd like to think that it's read not only because of the substance of what they say, what I'm saying, but as well because of the language. You know, it is a beautiful language. And uh, this is... This is something that you need to catch, and it's very important because uh, a lot of a lot of the meanings, uh, the idiosyncrasies, the the, um, the 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 things which are specific about the peoples, uh, is in in your story and in your philosophy and your theology and your history. Uh, and if you are going to survive as a people, um, that, that is a given in my view, because uh, uh, I've always felt that, you know, the gift of nationhood, the gift of language, the gift of theology and whatever it is, is something that is God-divine. Uh, and uh, it would be a great pity if you were to lose that, because you lose that and you lose a conversation of thousands of years, you know, the experience. Because every, every people have their own way of communication. Every people have their own historical experience and the learnings from that. And they express them not in their, only in their cultural, their, their their government, the way they have their families, for instance, now uh, uh, in that uh, song that we opened up with, it's about it's about love and justice and family and how you locate it in that in inside families. Now, it, if it's if it's only that, it would not live the beautiful history, the sharing, the love, the sacrifices. This is what gives you know, the life, the inspiration, 
and the light that guides you, you know, to something that is higher and better. You, you spoke about um, blessings. Um, why is that core to our, you know, because you, you spoke about the ritual where um, an orator is about to be bestowed a title mm. and then, you know, there's the, the blowing into yeah. the mouth and then that sentence is, is uttered. Mm. May you be endowed by the God of rhetoric with the gift of language. Mm. Why is blessings or so core to our Samoan indigenous reference? Well, uh, the, the blessing is important. Well, we go back to the theology. Uh, you blow the blessing into the open mouth, and it goes down to the lungs. And uh, according to our theology, the moli, the soul resides between the lungs and the heart. The lungs take oxygen to the heart, and the heart takes this right around the body. So uh, uh, there is there are these spiritual meanings uh, in that, uh, and as well, you know, uh, your your passing uh, of. A, a tradition and whatever, and it it is reflected in in ritual. And you want the messages of the history and the inheritance, the heritage, you know, to flow from all that, and that it would go down there and be part of your soul and taken around your body, so that it becomes, you know, the very substance of your being. This is how we we look at uh, things, and uh, when uh, uh, I remember my my friend Afaisi um, uh, was in Bavai. Uh, he was talking about the blessing, and I was telling him about you know what had happened, the blowing of it, and he's and he was teary eyed and he said you know I remember that as a a young Faisal in Safotu Rafai. And it was a ritual under the famous uh, uh, Basia, who was uh, one of the famous orators, in, uh, one of the, the people trained by Lawaki. Uh, and he was performing this ritual of blessing. Uh. So, um, uh, and then there's... Uh, and all this is a foundation also of our culture of flowers, how much flowers and scent uh, is uh, significant to our lives, that it's more than something physical. There is a message there, and that it is, a, it is celebrated in a something like this, which commemorates you know, what it means to our forebears. And hopefully it would suggest not only meaning, but nuance uh, to the people today and tomorrow. You talk about blessings and you write, uh, uh, blessings refer to the providence that comes with living a just life, a life that respects the boundaries between people, people in the environment, people in their gods, and within ourselves. And you use that as an example um, I always wondered where the soul lives, so Samoans believe that it yeah, resides uh, here. It, it, it's right in there. Yeah. 
There's something really nice that you said about about how you you taken like the the Samoan tradition, like you know, Maori have hongi mm. where they they press noses mm. and yeah. and they inhale yeah. at the same time. Mm. And the the Samoans had a tradition too called sung. Sung, sung. Well, we, we it's the same thing. It's a celebration of the sense of smell, mm. the preeminence, the primacy of the sense of smell. Okay, uh, in the Maoris, you know, it's a nose thing. But even at ours, it's nose. Because you get out of the cheek and then so it's a kiss on you the breathe. Yeah, yeah, you breathe uh, in uh, La Mana. And he or she on the other side, they, they do Lego like that as well. Right. They breathe in your mana. Yeah. So that, you know, I breathe in the mana, it goes down, you know, to my lungs. And it's transported to the heart and taken around my body. Well, this is the idea. And equally, it happens, you know, to the other party. And what are you saying with that? Well, uh, I I guess uh, what you're saying is that the physical cannot be separated from the spiritual. That, in fact, all this is joined by the same... Uh, imperative or the, the premise of uh, a shared uh, inheritance, you know, so that it, even in the body of a person, this is, you know, the sharing that uh, goes on. And it has to be recognized that in order to be a complete man, you must have, you know, this understanding of people and the harmonies that you have to celebrate in all things. And part of the harmony is that it's a harmony of the body itself, but as well the harmony with all else that you're faced with, you know, your environment, your, your the other man, and including the harmony within yourself, with your mind and your soul. We had a very interesting discussion about the whole, about those concepts of harmony with us in the environment, and how it pertains to climate change. Yes, yeah, yeah, well, the thing is that, you know, in, in, our, in our culture, in our religious culture, there is, uh, uh, and there is a, 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 a dictum of, you know, linking with nature. Uh, that um, uh, and when you if you take the the, uh, the our naval tradition uh, and this is said for instance now our people came from, we are Astronesians or something like that they call us and we came from the east and and we traveled the Pacific and uh, discovered and populated about a quarter of this area. And you hardly hear about the story of Lata or 
even uh, the story of uh, Selak Ilua and its importance in the Polynesian uh, uh, exploration, etc., etc. But it's there, uh, and even though, and it's celebrated in chants. Uh, and what I'm trying to tell people, look, we have as much a right to celebrate the navigation of our forebears as people celebrating Cook or exploration or Tasman or anybody else. And this is, uh, this is what, and it's not by way of putting down anybody. It's, it's simply saying, okay, we have a culture uh, and it's worthy of examination and it's worthy of passing it on to your children as an inspiration to take yourself, you know, to the stars or even further. You, you talked about chanting and we're going to hear a chant from our choir from Asao to wrap up the session, which is actually quite yeah. soon. Yeah. And what do they say in this chant that we're going to hear at the end of our yeah. session? Um, uh, what are they saying in it? Yeah. Yeah, well, tell us the story. About it's, a, it's a beautiful story, and it, I'm reminded of somebody asking me in Fiji recently. Okay, boy, you've been telling us, you know, about our shared history and the people and Nangafa and how the Kaaba came from Fiji to Samoa, and uh, named uh, places like uh, Malayoni Niva and all this. Uh, what evidence have you got? And I said, well, we we still celebrate, you know, the, the uh, farewell of the King of Fiji, the Tuifiti, and it's a beautiful farewell. And the story is about uh, the King of Fiji, you know, striking a hurricane, and his uh, fleet was badly damaged, so they had to seek refuge in Manua. And they were there for over a year, you know, because it not only refitting, it's rebuilding the whole fleet to take them back. And they were probably having a good time. Oh, happy, oh yes, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but at the end, you know, then you have the farewells. And uh, the Fijian uh, uh, articulated one of the most remembered farewell. He said, you've given me so much love, I cannot possibly return it. But this I will say to you, my love for you I will not expose to the air lest it turn moldy, nor shall I put it into the ground as the maggots get to it. My love for you I will place between my heart and my lungs, so long as I have life, it do will have. So long as I have breath, it too will have life. So it goes yeah, back. <laughs> so it, it, it again, it's the thing about the soul, where it resides, etc. But it's it's worth uh, remembering. It's beautiful poetry, uh, I reckon, and uh, we celebrated. So uh, what I'm going to do with this song, because I said I promised the next time the Asau sings that song, I'm going to have it recorded and, and send it to you uh, to remind you that in fact we still sing about great poetry and great love. Why is it important to get the psalm for the Samoan indigenous reference to be part of the global conversation? Why is that such a drive for you in your life? Well, why are the Maoris doing it? 
why are you sacrificing so much energies and so much resources? I mean, this, the initiative by New Zealand is hailed across the world. I mean, the Maori experience, particularly in scholarship. And the thing is important, it's not a specifically Maori effort. You know, they've gotten there not only because of Maori scholarship, but because of Pakeha support. And this is what makes it, you know, such a beautiful experience. You, you watch, uh, there's, uh, there's something, okay, you, you've had this experience recently, but by and large, you know, there are many, many beautiful things of sharing that you see, you know, that uh, you are accepting uh, the history and whatever the marriage and the positive things as part of your common culture. And that, I think, in time will be recognized for the value that it, that it provides for the world as an example of how to live uh, as human beings and how to find an accommodation uh, uh, where you can find a reference not only for yourself but for all the people of your country. Yeah, an extraordinary thing that happened last year was... Uh, the Whanganui River, after years and years of efforts by the local iwi, the Whanganui River uh, in the lower North Island was designated the same rights as an individual. And everyone in New Zealand went, oh yeah, sweet. <laughs> yes. if, you, if that happened in any other country, <laughs> like Australia. Um, <laughs> I don't think you would get the same acceptance, but you're so right about the work that Māori have done in their scholarship in terms of bringing their indigenous reference and making it part of our contemporary lives here in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. And so are you trying to do the same thing with the, led by that example that, that Māori are showing? Mm. Are you trying to do the same thing for Samoan? And why is that important for Samoan people and also all the other people that we share this planet with? Yeah. Well, it, it's the, the harmonies, you know. Uh, I mean, if, if you go to the ultimate reference, you know, uh, it, it, the, the derivation on the origin would have to be God. Uh, if it's something good, decent, you know, it is there. And uh, the fact that people accept it for the worth that it is, that it has an enduring human message that is worth preserving and passing on to their children, and that you do not see it as something divisive, that there is lots in the, the English experience, the European experience, that you can gain from, but equally, there's also a lot, you know, from the Pacific that uh, is out there, and if you can mold it, you become a better people for it. Uh, and this lesson is as applicable to the New Zealand situation as it is to ours. I love what you said. You, uh, you know, when that opening prayer that we, that we heard was one of the first hymns and it, it spoke to concepts even before the missionaries came to Samoa. They were already part of life in Samoa. And you said that God spoke to our forebears before Christians came along and that this validates our philosophy and that the gifts of culture and language are as much a gift to us as what was given to those in Europe. 
and yes. others. Well, the thing is that when the, I can't speak for other religions, but I'm speaking as a Catholic, and when the Catholics decided that they were going to go into the indigenous reference of these countries and uh, examine it uh, and see if by some chance, you know, they can, they can get a meeting of minds and, uh, where you come together and, and accept that, uh, well, in my case, it was a beautiful thing because it, it accepted the logic of my forebears that, okay, fair enough, we might be Christians, but we are not prepared to say that God did not speak to our, to our, uh, to our forebears before Christianity. No, that's not on. Uh, and that is, that, valid, that is validation also of the wisdom and whatever it is and all the beautiful 